We're going to, this morning, we're going to continue our series that we've been going through as a church family, our series in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, I pray that it's been a blessing and an encouragement to you as we've been studying this wonderful gospel together, which is good news for all people. That's what the theme of this gospel is, is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he has come not just for church people, he has come for all people. And I'm so thankful for that. And we've been looking at the early life of Jesus. Luke has been telling us about who he is, about his birth, miraculous birth, his early years. And we've seen him stepping into ministry now. We've seen how he began in his hometown and his hometown of Nazareth. And then last time we've seen how he moved on from Nazareth. Jesus was on a mission to let everybody know about the kingdom of God. And he was preaching and the Bible says he was preaching in this place called Capernaum. He was preaching in this synagogue or or church, if you'd like. He was preaching there and he had quite a day while he was preaching there. A man who was possessed by a demon came into, into the synagogue during the meeting and began shouting at Jesus. But we've seen Jesus had authority over the evil one. We've seen that last time, that we don't have to be afraid of evil because Jesus is stronger. Jesus is greater. Jesus is victorious. But you know, following on from that, we see Jesus is having quite a day after he preaches in this synagogue. We see that Jesus then performs many other miracles. The Bible tells us in Luke 4 that he goes to the house of one of his disciples, one of his followers, Simon. And while he's in this house, he finds out that Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a fever in bed. And Jesus performs a miracle. Jesus heals her. Then following from the, on from that, we see that many other people hear that Jesus is there. And they, they bring their sick. They bring many others who are possessed by demons as well. They come along and Jesus heals them. Jesus delivers them. Jesus performs many, many miracles. You can see it was quite a day for Jesus. All this happened in the space of one day. All these miracles, all this preaching are all happened in the space of one day. But now we're going to pick up the story at the, right at the end of Luke chapter 4. We're going to read Luke 4, 42 to 44. And the title of this message today is No Days Off. No Days Off. And it says this. It says, early the next morning, this is after that hectic day Jesus had, it says, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in the synagogues throughout Judea. Now, before working full-time as a pastor here in our church, those of you who know me will know that I worked in a local primary school. I taught up in a local primary school. I taught Ray and Kay's granddaughter up in that primary school as well. And I used to love it. I used to love it. I probably got the mental age of a child as well. So it was great fun me being there with the children. I had a lot of fun there. I'm a big kid at heart. I enjoyed it. It was brilliant. And uh, we used to get on great. You know, I could tell you stories after stories of these children and, and what happened. I used to love working in the school. The staff were brilliant. It was a brilliant, brilliant school. And I'm so thankful I still got that opportunity to go up there as well and and speak sometimes as well and do assemblies and things like that. I'm so thankful for that. But you know, I'm not going to stand up here this morning and say that the kids were my favorite part or the staff was my favorite part. I bet you can guess what my favorite part of working in the school was. It was the holidays. I know I'm not going to deny that. The holidays of teachers is unbelievable. 
10 weeks off a year. Come on, it's absolutely incredible. Plus you got the bank holidays. I used to love working in the school for that reason. That's why I wanted to get into it. My uncle's a teacher and I seen his life. I thought, I want a bit of that. So if he's out there early, I wanted to be out there early. I love that reason. I know if you're working in schools as well, you love the holidays. We're in the middle of the school holiday. Well, coming to the end of the school holidays now. And before we know it, things are going to get back to normal. But you know, that is one of the things that I miss the most about working in school. All the days off. Used to absolutely love all the days off. And I'm sure you like having days off as well. Put your hands up if you like having a day off. Oh, this, oh, every hand in this place, yes. I know all the retired people are like, every day is a day off, Luke, it's fine. But you know what, well, I can't wait for that day either. But uh, you know, every one of us love having days off, don't we? We enjoy that day of rest where we can recharge and do what we want to do instead of working hard or thinking about the stresses and the pressures of our work life. We like having days off. And you know, if there was anybody who could have had a day off and should have had a day off, as we've seen in Luke chapter 4, so we come to the end of this chapter, it was Jesus. Jesus deserved to have a day off. After I said, as I just said, after the day that Jesus had before this passage that we've just read, he deserved a day off after preaching in the synagogue, walking around everywhere, healing the sick, delivering people from evil. If anyone deserved a day off, it should have been Jesus. It was a stressful day that Jesus had. He deserved a lie-in the next morning. He deserved to have a rest. He deserved to have a break. But you know, the Bible says here in what we've just read, that didn't happen with Jesus. D Jesus didn't have a break. Jesus didn't have a lie-in the next morning after this crazy, hectic day. But this is what it says in verse 42 of Luke 4. It says, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched for him everywhere. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave. Says there that after this crazy day, Jesus still got up early and he still went off to this place. Now, what was Jesus doing in this place? Why did Jesus get up early the next day after this hectic day the day before? Why did he do this? Why did he go off early the next morning? Why didn't he have a lie-in? Why didn't he rest? Well, it actually tells us the answer in Mark's gospel. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. On the same account, this is, Mark says this. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place. Why? To pray. Jesus went to pray. Jesus understood the importance of connecting with his heavenly father on a day-by-day -day basis. Regardless of the demands for his time and for his energy, Jesus wanted the next day, like always, to go and pray with his heavenly father. He knew the, that connection was essential for him. He knew that the success of his ministry here on earth depended on how close he was with his heavenly father and how obedient he was to his father's will. You see, for Jesus, prayer wasn't just a religious obligation. Jesus didn't just pray because he felt like he had to pray or for the sake of praying. But actually for Jesus, prayer was his number one priority. 
Prayer was his lifeline. Prayer was his source of strength and guidance. And you say, Luke, Jesus is God. Surely he doesn't need that strength and guidance. But yet the Bible tells us he's fully man and fully God. And while he's fully man, he relied on the Holy Spirit and the power of his father. He needed that. Why? To be an example to you and me. We see the prayer for Jesus was a fundamental part of his life. When he prayed with his heavenly father every day, he found what he needed to do. He found out his mission for the day. He didn't go about his day just willy-nilly. He didn't go about his day just by chance or just trying to come up with things to do. But instead, he spent time first thing in the morning to ask the Father, Father, what am I to do today? Where am I to go today? Who am I to minister to today? You know, he recognized the importance of communing with his heavenly Father. I'm sure he poured out his heart before Father God as well. But it wasn't just about this personal communion and this relationship. But Jesus, through that place of prayer, had authority to minister. Jesus was effective in what he did. Jesus had power to heal the sick. Jesus had power to deliver people from evil. Jesus had the power to speak life to people. And where did that power come from? It came from that place of prayer. As he depended on his heavenly father, he received that divine authority to heal, to teach, and carry out ministry. You might say, where does it say that? Are you sure that's where he got his strength and his power from? Yes, I'm pretty sure of that. Because it says this in John chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. It says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees his father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and, the sh- and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. Says earlier on in John chapter 5, Jesus says that Without, he cannot do nothing without the Father. And he says about you and me, we cannot do nothing without him. We can't do nothing. We need him. Here we see that Jesus completely depended on God the Father. And he shows us that through prayer and depending on the Lord. Everything that Jesus did came through that time of prayer. Prayer was a priority for Jesus. He had wisdom. He had guidance. He had strength. He had energy. And all that came through spending time in prayer with his heavenly father. And I'm sure this prayer that Jesus prayed every morning with his heavenly father, it wasn't just a one-way conversation. It wasn't just Jesus giving a shopping list of requests to God the Father. But you know, prayer is a conversation. Prayer is communing with God. Did you know that the God who created this universe, the God who created this world, the God who created you and me, did you know he wants to speak to you? Did you know he's interested in your life? Did you know that God wants to know you and have a friendship with you? How amazing is that? God who put all these stars into motion wants to know you. You know, I'm blown away. Even recently I've seen on Twitter, I don't know if any of you are on Twitter or it's called X now, this new social media platform, but but on there, you know, there's this, sometimes you have these different posts come up. And I seen one recently of NASA. 
And apparently recently on, on this big telescope that they got, the biggest telescope they got, I forget the name of it because I'm not a scientist, but they've seen this, this, uh, this star, the furthest star they've seen in the universe. And it's apparently 20 billion light years away. I know so often I just scroll on my phone and I just think nothing of these things. It doesn't really interest me really. But you know, I thought about that for a moment, that there are planets 20 billion light years away and our God has created them and our God holds these things in his hand. God holds everything in his hand. But yet the God who created that all those millions and billions of light years away is the God who created you and cares for you and wants to know you. That blew my mind when I began to think of that. But not only does he want Does he know everything about you? He wants to know you. He wants to commune with you. And God wants to speak with you. Did you know God cares about your everyday life? You know those pressures that you've got right now in your life? Those worries that are on your mind right now? Those things that are consuming your heart? God cares about that. You might think, does he really? Even the little things God cares about. Those little things. The big things, but also the little things as well. God cares about that. You know, the Bible tells us, even in the the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, give us this day our daily bread. God is concerned in the little things, the daily bread of our lives. God is concerned about that and he wants you to commune with him. I don't know if there's anyone in this room this morning that needs guidance. I don't know if there's anybody in this room who needs a little bit of courage. I don't know if there's anyone in this room who needs a bit of strength today. I don't know if there's anyone in this room who needs a little bit of peace. But I tell you this morning, I can't give you that. People can't give you that. But I know one who can give you that. I know one who can help you and meet your needs. And this morning, I want to encourage you to begin praying. Prayer is the gateway to commune with God. Prayer is the gateway to discovering God's plan and purpose for your life. You know, if it was up to me, And my will and my plan for my life, I'd probably still be in that school. But I'm so glad that God has got a better plan for me. God's got a better plan for my life. And it's the same for you as well. God's got a plan and purpose for your life. And you don't have to wonder what that is. But you can find out through spending time with God. You need strength? Begin to pray. You need discernment? Begin to pray. You need help navigating the challenges with family members, with health problems, with work struggles? Call on the one who is above it all this morning, and he will help you. You know, one of my favorite verses of all, and I shared this with George even this morning before we came to church, it says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. One of my favorite verses of all time. Jesus encourages, God encourages us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Isn't that amazing? Everything. Not certain things, not just church things. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. I wonder if you've done that today. Have you told him what you need today? Because there's strength available for you today. There's help available for you today. There's power available for you today. Tell God what you need. But this is an important part as well. And thank him for all he has done. When was the last time you said thank you to God? for all the blessings he's poured out in your life, for the good things he's poured out in your life. Thank him for all he's done. What will happen then when you pray and cast your cares on God? Verse seven, then you will experience 
God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Anyone need peace in there today? From the voice of the enemy, voice of, of worry. Anyone need peace in there? The source of peace is God himself. And he's inviting you to commune with him and pray this morning. And so you might say today, if prayer was so important for Jesus and it helped him do all these things and I need that strength, I need that help, I need that guidance. How can we make prayer a priority in our lives? Well, I want to say we need to make it, number one, a priority. Pray every day. Jesus didn't have a day off from praying. We can have days off from work. We can have days off from certain things. But I want to encourage you, never have a day off from God because he doesn't want to have a day off from you. God wants to speak to you every day. You don't have to commune with God just in church on Sundays. I do just want to say that this morning. God's interested on your Monday afternoon as well. God wants to speak to you on Thursday morning. God is interested in our lives. But I pray that we would become a no days off people in our relationship with God. Yes, take rest, but never rest from God. Because I need God every day. Even on my days off, I need God. But how do we become a no days off people? Well, we need to prioritize our relationship with God. We need to spend time every day reading the Bible. Get a Bible reading plan because you can discover who God is, his will and his plan and his purpose for your life. You can discover how great God is through reading his word. Spend time every day in worship and thanking him and praising him. But also every day. Make prayer a non-negotiable. Even before you get out of bed in the morning, make it a non-negotiable. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God for help today. I'm going to ask him for guidance today. Create this rhythm of prayer in your life. And I just want to give you, just as we come to an end, a few practical tips on how you can do this. Matthew, five, Matthew 6 verse 5 to 8, Jesus gives us an incredible model to pray in every day. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Isn't that wonderful? God knows what you need before you even ask him. That's amazing. But I want to share with you three things that we can do to cultivate our own personal prayer time. I know some of you are already looking at your watches. Here we go. We're going to go quick. You ready? Find a quiet place. Distraction-free place. I don't know, it doesn't matter where it is. Could be your bedroom, could be your car, could be your living room, could be your staff room in work, whatever it is. Could be out on a walk with a dog. But find a quiet place just to have some time with you and God. Find a quiet place so you can spend time shutting out the busy noise of the world and just focus on God. Find a quiet place. Secondly, find a quiet time. Choose a time in the day where you know it's quiet. Whether you're up early in the morning, at, like Jesus did, at half past five in the morning, or whether you're a late bird at 12 o'clock in the night, just find a quiet time. It doesn't matter. I do want to encourage you, start your day in prayer, because, you know, that'll help you prepare for the day. But, but if you haven't got time, 
then just make find a time that works for you, that you know you can spend some quality time with God, that you know it's just going to be you and Him. Quiet place, quiet time, finally, a quiet heart. You know, one of the things the Bible encourages us, says in the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 46, God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. And sometimes we need to quieten the chatterbox in our hearts. We need to quieten the chatterbox on our phones. We need to quiet that noise, quiet our hearts, and recognize whose presence we are coming into. That we're not just entering into the presence of a friend, but we're entering into the presence of the Holy God, the living God, the Lamb of God. And it's all because of what Jesus has done. And then when we've quietened our hearts, then begin to pour out your heart to God. Give him your worries, give him your concerns, give him all that's on your mind. Find a quiet place, quiet time, and a quiet heart. And here we go. I'm going to give you a bonus three tips here to to help you in your praying. When you pray, keep it simple. Don't babble on and on. You don't have to sound religious. You don't have to sound sound like Shakespeare and say, oh Lord, thy God, and all this, and you know, these and those and all this. Be real. God made you. He knows you. So be real with him. Be real with him. Talk as you would normally talk. Don't babble on and on. Don't go on and on for hours. That doesn't make you holy. Just be real with him. Spend quality time with him. Keep it simple. And that's the second one. Keep it real. It says in Psalm 145 verse 8, The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. God knows everything anyway. We don't have to hide anything before God. We don't have to put on a religious show. Keep it real. If we've messed up, say, Lord, I'm sorry. If we need help, say, Lord, I'm desperate here. You know, I'm so thankful that the prayers that God have answered most in my life have just been the prayers where I've cried out and said, God, help. Help me, God. They are the most effective prayers I've found in my life. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And finally, keep it up. Don't stop praying. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, always be joyful. <laughs> that can be hard, can't it? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And be thankful in all circumstances. I wonder, are we thankful in all circumstances? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so this morning, Jesus, we see, had no days off. Despite his busy day, first thing Jesus did the next day was spend time in prayer. Why? Because it was from that place of prayer, he had direction, he had strength, he had guidance, he had all that he needed to carry on with what God had called him to do. And I want to encourage you, this wasn't just for Jesus, but Jesus is our example in all things. And God, through what Jesus has done on the cross, has made the way possible that you and I can commune with him day by day. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Never stop praying. I want to encourage you, pray at all times. Quiet place, quiet time, quiet heart. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. But I thank God that when we pray, our prayers aren't hitting the ceiling. But just as God the Father answered the prayers of Jesus, God will answer your prayers. My favorite Psalm, Psalm 116 verse 1 says, I love the Lord for he has heard my cry of mercy. God hears your prayers. And God answers prayers. And I just want to end with a quote 
by Nicky Gumbel. He's a well-known priest, a well-known vicar. He's an incredible man of God and he's a Church of England vicar. He was, but he said once on the Alpha course, if you've ever gone through Alpha, he once said, he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't pray, they don't. And so I want to encourage you, start praying and watch how God will help you. Watch how God will move in your life. And God wants to hear you. God wants to hear you, not just me. God wants to hear you as well. And so let's remember there are no days off from prayer and there's no limit to what God can do in and through our lives as we call on him.